From the brains behind Teal the Show, this is Teal the Podcast, your source for Jaguars news and analysis with NFL insider Mark Brunel and your host, Cole Pepper. We welcome you into the 2020 edition, part one. New beginnings, a brand new year. Well, is it? Not so much. Is it though? Not a whole lot new, that's for sure. Cole Pepper, Mark Brunel, and... Here we go again. Um, let me preface this because I don't want to have to keep repeating this. Um, and I found myself doing this probably more than I should, but I'm compelled to and have been in several different instances over the years with regard to Jaguars' decisions. I like both Doug and Dave personally Absolutely. quite a bit. I think Absolutely. they're good guys. Yep. I think they're uh, serious about what they're doing. They don't have a lot of ego tied up in things. I like them. That being said, I don't get it. <laughs> you and about a million other Jaguar fans yeah. in this area. So I go back to the to the statement that that uh, the owner, Mister Khan, made a year ago. Yeah, and I'm just paraphrasing. Listen, if we don't get this turned around, change is going to be made. This is not our standard. This is not what we're striving for. Whatever you said in it, but I think most you get the gist of it. If it's not better, there's going to be some changes. Well, it's not better. Maybe it's better by one game, uh, from five and eleven to six and ten. Um, but it, he completely contradicted by keeping those guys yes. what he had said yeah. uh, a year ago, and and that's what's so maddening to me. You basically have. Uh, you haven't made any moves, and uh, other than the one, you know, with Tom Coughlin a few weeks ago. So because of that, it looks as if uh, what he's saying is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Cole, this was Tom's fault. Yeah, basically, this is Tom's fault. And 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 this, I'm glad you went in that direction to start with here because I, I want to try to uh, do some forensic reporting here, and sort of figure out, kind of work our way backwards from the decision to how did we get here. Khan said he was already going to let Coughlin retire at the end of the year until the NFLPA thing came out. So whether that was going to be Tom's decision solely or whether that was going to be Shad saying, I'm going to let you retire, right? however that looks, that was going to happen uh, before the NFLPA statement came out that really forced the Jaguars' hand on this. Not wrongly, by the way, but the fact that it, it, it came out it impacted the timing. So at some point between that decision, um, the Monday or the whatever it was, Tuesday, Wednesday after the Oakland game, and the end of the year, Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell had an opportunity to make their case yes. that, hey, this is what, because they they were not direct reports to Shad Khan prior to that. Even though they may have had some conversations, right. they weren't direct reports from a business standpoint. So now, now that they are, now they have the chance to have those conversations. Either A, and I can believe this, Tom Coughlin had such a profound impact on everything in that building. I can believe that. I, because he did when he was the head coach and GM. Right. Yep. Uh, or B... Dave and Doug convinced Khan that he did. That Khan said, "Wow, I didn't. You know, that's a lot. Uh, I know he was 
Do it in your voice. Well, uh, <laughs> certainly. Um, I love it when you do that. <laughs> that's quite powerful, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> that's probably going to get me in trouble. Probably. Uh, but they made the case powerfully enough uh, that, that they're going to stay. Now, I can see me, that happening too. And let me add on top of this another level, a uh, layer here that uh, Jason Lockhead Fora. Uh, who has not necessarily been a big, yeah. um, not that he should be, by the way, as a reporter, but he's not exactly been writing a lot of, of uh, you know, build them up feature pieces about the Jaguars over the past several years. Very true, very true. Wrote, wrote a story um, basically saying that Khan took the easy way out uh, when he hired Marone um, because uh, Josh McDaniels and Kyle Shanahan, um, McDaniels didn't want to come here and Shanahan didn't want to deal with Bortles. So he took the easy way out with Marone, and now he's taking the easy way out again. Um, I, I really would love to get into Shad Khan's head yeah, right. and, and know why was this decision made. Unfortunately, all we get is a fairly lengthy statement, but no Q&A. I think Doug and Dave, and this is just me, I, don't, I haven't heard anything. I think Doug and Dave made a great case to, to the owner about... Hey, Must have, right? Had to have. And... Uh, and basically just communicated, hey, or asked, give us a shot without Coughlin. Allow us, give us a year to, to write this ship. Um, and I'm not saying they threw Tom under the bus, but I think they probably made a, a very good case for themselves. This, is, this has been an environment where it hasn't been easy to make decisions that we've wanted to make. We would have done things differently. We would have handled Jalen better. We would have hand, you know, this was this was Tom doing the Blake Bortles thing. This is not, I, I don't know. I'm just throwing it right. out there. But obviously, they. Can By the way, ownership. those are all those are all reasonable things because we yeah. know that Jalen and uh, that Tom was at least a significant part I of the Jalen thing. That, I think that Tom exited the way he did had more to do with the Jalen thing than it had to do with the NFLPA. Really? I, that's what I think. I think it was a the Jalen thing was a bad look on the organization. And I, it's it seems like Jalen's biggest beef wasn't Doug. No, it was Tom. Things that Tom had said. Mm-hmm. Um, well, going I, back, both he and Fowler, right, didn't like the and and I'm probably Telvin, uh, maybe Unique too. I mean, these are yeah. all you know. If you were to go back to 2017, well, we just named you know four of the six key players on defense from that 2017 defensive team. Yep, and the guys we didn't name. Uh, out of that group, one of them, Paul Pozlesny, is retired, and the other one is Calais Campbell, who probably has never said a bad thing about anybody. Right. I think it was a just it was it was this um, final thing with with ownership. You know what? I can't take this anymore. Do you think that was the time? I think. See, I think that may have it may have led them to letting him retire at the end of the year. Mm-hmm. I think the timing of it was the NFLPA thing. Yes, the final thing. All yeah. right, well, you know what? We can't do this anymore. Yes. Yeah. And, I think, and I think there was some, some tension, some frustration. Uh, before that, I think the owner um, was going to allow him to write it out, but he's like, you know what? I can't do it. Because not just the, the uh, Dante Fowler finds, mm-hmm. I think it was Jalen and all these things yeah. that were happening. And I think Dave called Dave and Doug sat back and like, hey, you know, I mean... Just kind of took a step backwards and allowed all that to happen, and, and uh, that's what I think. And by the way, as you know, um, when Tom Coughlin is in charge, it doesn't matter if you want to uh, push back; 
it ain't going to help. No. Once Tom help. makes his decision, it's that's, that's right. it. Uh, but getting back to, to Dave Caldwell, we've had seven seasons with Dave Caldwell. Mm-hmm. You know, and if this is Tom Coffin's, you know, his fault, all this, how things have gone bad, let's not forget that Dave Caldwell had four seasons before Tom Coughlin even got, mm-hmm. here, got yeah. here, correct? Right. And in the seven seasons that, that he's been here, there have been six double-digit loss seasons, correct? That is correct. And then, so how in the heck, again, I, I like Dave. Um, this isn't personal. How in the world is he allowed another crack at this? Because there's a pre-Tom Coughlin, a post-Tom Coughlin. Mm-hmm. You've had one year that things have gone well, and there were reasons for that. It's amazing. It is. Um, so in order to try to decode this and understand why, I'm going to try to put myself, and if you can do this as well, in the shoes of a billionaire with a curly mustache. Mm-hmm. First of all, how does Shad Khan look at success business-wise? I believe, based on my experience in hearing him speak and uh, the the conversations that we've had and the impact of his influence on Mark Lamping and the way he talks. Like most businessmen, the bottom line for Shad Khan is the bottom line. Absolutely. Okay? And you, fair enough. He's not losing he's, money in the National Football no, League. he's a businessman and, and that's his prerogative. Now, right? sure. Making money. And, I get it. And I'm not against that at all. Nope, nope. Um, I'd like to do more of that myself. <laughs> the 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 decision to stay the course uh, takes me back to the introductory press conference with Shad when he first bought the team from Wayne Weaver, and he said of his hiring practice, it's very simple. It's two things: hire competent people who you like. Because if you hire somebody you don't like and he does well, then you have to celebrate with somebody you hate. I'm paraphrasing. Mm-hmm. And if you hire somebody who uh, you like but isn't competent, well, then you got to fire your friend. I think that's a fine basis for things. However, in football or in English soccer, you, unlike in the auto parts business, you don't have somebody coming in and trying to disrupt you making bumpers, right? right? You, this is a competition business, um, a, a head-to-head competition business, not a competing for the same eyeballs business or, or the same purchase business. There is something different to being an owner of a sports team, and there have been a number of very successful businessmen who have owned sports franchises who have not run them well, or who have not uh, won well with them. Right. I wonder how much uh, Shad, again, out of however many businesses he owns, where does the Jaguars fall? Uh, It's certainly not number one. Maybe it's number two or three or four or five or seven. I don't know uh, in terms of, of, from a total dollar standpoint. But I wonder if he is less pressed by the emotion and because he doesn't live here, he doesn't quite get, get the, yeah. the way that the, the, the marketplace goes. Because it's clear to me that he listened to the players. The players uh, were an imp- uh, you know, mattered to him to hear from the players. And I want to get into that in a minute. The players like playing for Doug. They were positive for Doug. Maybe in comparison to Tom or maybe because he's lightened up and had an easier training camp. So 
if that's the case, then what, what is the metric he's using for success? Because he's not listening to the, to the marketplace. And I know that the old saying is, if you listen to the fans, you'll be sitting with them soon. But that's about coaches, not about owners. Yeah. The fans are, the, are your customers, and you've got to listen to your customers. There's no question. I don't, I don't think um, the owner really cares a whole heck of a lot what the fans say mm-hmm. or what they've been saying since, since this decision to keep guys. I don't think it's really at the top of the list. Well, what are the fans? Right. What are the fans think? I don't think he cares. He's going to make money in this thing. I think this was easy for him. You know, he didn't have to go interview. He didn't have to, you know, uh, this is easy for him. Either way, he's going to make money. Um, I don't feel like there's a real connection between the owner and really what's been going on in Jacksonville for the last however many years since it's been really mm-hmm. bad, mm-hmm. right? Um, but he doesn't, I don't, I don't think he appreciates what happened before he got here. Right. Uh, truly, he may understand the numbers, but I don't think he really knows how the, what, the, what the fan base thinks. Yeah, and I don't think he, you know, he had mentioned, made that comment not too long ago uh, about this place not being able to support or not having enough passion. Not having an appetite, yeah. Not an appetite, whatever it is. I mean, come on now. We've, we've That's a slap in the face. An absolute slap in the face. You know who has a tough job right now? Probably tougher than Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. Whoever's uh, got to <laughs> deal with ticket sales. <laughs> That's Mark Lamping. Yeah. You know, the, the, the business side. Yeah. I've I got to imagine that's got to be real difficult because ticket sales are under him. Sponsorships are under him. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, I mean, uh, the Jaguars have been a part of my life for the last 25 years. This year, I couldn't get my kids to go to games. I couldn't give away my tickets. Yeah. I mean, and how many people are like that are like, I don't know if I want to be a part of this anymore. And that's a big part of running an organization. I think there's going to be a real disconnect between fans that really just don't want to have anything else to do with this. Mark, as soon as I tweeted out the news about Marone and, and Caldwell staying, I had, within minutes, I had a dozen season ticket owners tweet yeah. back at me, I'm done. Yeah. Including at least one, maybe two that I can remember, who specifically said, I've been a season ticket holder since day one. 20, my, my quarter century of service is up. Wow. I'm done. Yeah. That, it, that should speak so loudly to, to the owner of this franchise. Now, if you win, people are coming back. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. But, but, again, I think this is going to be a really dreary offseason. And, again, for those of you who have listened to this podcast or watched me on TV and said I've been too negative about this franchise, it's, gonna, it's not going to end right now when I make right. this comment. When they, if and when they roll out the two home games in London news, oh. it's going to be pitchforks and torches outside the front gates. That's, that's going to be so bad. I mean, I mean, what did they do? Did they market Gardner Minshew? Did they already they, have started, by the way. The, market the, Yannick Ngakwe. I mean, if they can looks, sign him, they're going to have to sign him. I mean, they're going to have to. I mean, that's a whole other conversation. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that one. I agree that you had to sign him, but. I don't know if you 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 making the highest paid. By the way, if you have to sign me, the price is going up. Oh, there's no question. And don't they have to at this point just generate some enthusiasm? If, if they care, if and I say they, if the owner cares about generating enthusiasm or creating excitement or creating buzz or creating, and this is the word, and I've used it before. Those of you who have watched or listened to me for a long time will know what I'm about to say: creating hope. 
the hope of wins, the hope of success, the hope of contending, the hope of excitement, the hope that you could put your emotional and financial investment into something that you will get a payback out of it. Yeah. I don't see us having enough. All right, we got DJ Chark and Leonard Fournette both went over 1,000 yards. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, Gardner did well. Unique will sign him. What other brights? I don't. Uh, Juwan Taylor played every game as a rookie about. right tackle. You know, it, it, there's always going to be reach. things, but I don't. Know, Josh Allen, man. yeah. We got a good kicker, Josh yeah. Allen. Yeah, I mean, punter's good. <laughs> say, we're, not, we're not saying that people are going to show up to games, but I just think, golly. And, and the biggest thing is, if you're if you go get a new GM and a new head coach, all of that stuff is icing on the cake. Then you've got some hope and yes. optimism yes. stuff. But but do, not doing anything with Dave and, and, and uh, Doug really really just hits the the, the, uh, the pause button on anything that you got excited about going into 2020. Yeah, as part of Khan's statement, he mentioned that he had made a four-year commitment. Now, I'm assuming he's marking that off from 2017. Yeah. So 2017, 2018, 2019, 2020. Which makes this, you've just announced, again, all right, this is the year, dude, yeah. put up or shut up. Um, and this brings me back to the players, and I want to ask you from your perspective and experience. The players almost unanimously not only said that they supported Doug, but said, you know, uh, with, with some vigor supported Doug. Now, a smart player will always say he supports the coach of course. until the coach is gone. Yeah, and However, he wants that out there. Yes. Some players gave the smart answer, which means, whatever, I'm going to play for whoever's the coach. But didn't say it that way. Said, oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Doug's the guy. But some really went to bat for Doug and clearly did that with Shad Khan. Is it because Doug wasn't Tom Coughlin? Or is it because he eased off in training camp, and guys didn't have to work as hard. And you're sitting here grinning at me as I'm saying this. Um, if the only way you're going to make players happy is to not have them work as hard, you're going to be a losing team. Yes. Players are different now. Most of them will tell you, yeah, we're going we're gonna to grind, we're going to work hard, we're going to get after it. But most guys really want an easy training camp. Mm -hmm. Most guys, they don't want a coach yelling at them. Most guys are pretty smart in that they're going to talk about the current head coach for job security, job preservation. Mm -hmm. There's no question. You know what? If I'm the owner of a team, I don't think I want a head coach that everybody loves. It's a great point. Now, I'm not saying I want... You want Tom be, Coughlin, Bill yeah. Belichick, Bill Parcells, all that. I'm not saying I want that. I'll take Belichick, by the way. Oh, uh, there's no question. <laughs> but I don't think I want everybody's buddy as the head coach. Right. I don't want that. I want balance. Mm -hmm. I've had I've had two ends of the spectrum. The best balance I've ever been around was Sean Payton. Sean Payton had a lot of Bill Parcells in him, so he'd get after you. If the team wasn't working hard, I mean, all right, here we go. You want tough? I'm about to give you tough. But he was. Is he it about the? Is it about the delivery in that case? It's about the delivery. It's about it. It's about uh, if you're going to talk tough, you better back it up. Um, he would get upset. He would get angry. He would he would punish us. He would make us go you know harder than we wanted to go. 
but at the same time, he would back off when we were when we we're doing right. That's the coach I want. Mm-hmm. I don't want everybody's buddy leading my football team. I had that conversation. Don't want it. I had that conversation with somebody. I think I may have been somebody in the locker room. It may have been Donald Payne. I, I can't recall. Oh no, Avery Jones it was mm-hmm. Avery Jones. And Avery's been around here a long He's time. Been around. And um, and has played for several coaches. Uh, on one end, you have Gus Bradley. Yeah. Everybody likes Gus. There's nobody who ever has walked the planet who doesn't like who has met Gus who doesn't like him as a person. But he coached that way too. You know, everything was great, rah rah. He famously once said when Derek Harvey was being an absolute dumpster fire of a pass rusher, called him he's solid, solid. He was terrible. We all know that. And <laughs> right. we, so that's so when you're when your baseline you know, again talk about delivery when you deliver the news that you're terrible and you call somebody solid. Well, people are going to like you because you're not killing them. On the other hand, you have Tom Coughlin, the yeah. other end of the, of, the, of the spectrum. Very true. And it doesn't mean you can, I think you can win with any of those styles. You can. If it's correctly um, implemented, implemented with communication. Mm-hmm. And I do think there's something about the quote-unquote modern player. Um, you don't have, again, you don't have Generation X players in the league much anymore. Right. Um you have millennials, and it's and much as many managers and uh, uh, you know executives are finding you have to manage that generation differently because of their expectations have changed so much. And you can read up on all the reasons why right. from somebody else. But um, which takes me to this: looking forward, if you're advising Doug Marone on how to handle players and how to approach. The 2020 training camp. What do you tell him? Well, what's what are my goals? Is my goal to win? I mean, I'm going to quote a because you don't have to, a, to keep your job. A great thinker. You play to win the game. You don't have to win to keep your job. Apparently, listen. And Doug knows this, and I'm not saying Doug is everybody's buddy, um, but there are reasons why guys are singing his praises. Um, and that's not a bad thing. Um, I've been in that situation before. I lean towards the old school. I'm going to work these players, ask them to be in the building as much as I can, uh, get after them when they're not working hard enough. You sound like Tom Coughlin. Yeah, I do. I think there's something to it. It works. I know maybe that's not... I, I, I just... See, I can put it into words. I think that's a good thing. It's amazing that the, the the guy that's been around for really the only success that the Jaguars organization has ever had, now it's his fault and he's been fired and everything's going to be be okay. Getting back to your question, man, I got I just think you got to push guys. You got to get after them, and they've got to work. And there has to be boundaries. You know what? When they make a mistake and they cross those boundaries, if they're late or they miss a practice, you got to find them. I'm sorry, you just that's that's how it works. To quote the last part of a statement from Shad Khan, accountability is paramount. How will Doug Marone, how will the Tom Coughlin-less Jaguars leadership institute accountability? Part of it is engendering that within the locker room. When you were playing, Tony Baselli held guys accountable. You know, Jeff Logman held guys accountable. Whoever it was, take your pick on offense and defense. Who held guys? There was accountability 
from the locker room. There was also accountability from above, sure. but you can't do it if it's only one guy telling you how you're yeah. supposed to do it. I mean, you, I, 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 it, it's tough. I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to think of anything that would get me excited about where this is going. Listen, I think Doug Marone's a good coach. Um, I wonder what kind of leadership this team will have next year. And there's leadership holding players accountable, but that's not coming from Gardner Minshew or DJ Chark. These guys are so they're so young. Mm-hmm. Who are the old guys? Yeah. Well, Calais who Campbell, who no guarantee he's gonna be back. Exactly. Who who are the old guys now? Is that Leonard Fournette? I, I don't know. I don't see it. Cole, I don't I don't I don't see anything to get excited about so this going is a, forward. To, let's go and and we'll wrap it with this. Looking ahead, because we're gonna spend uh, future podcasts looking at the offense in more detail and the defense in more detail uh, as we did last year. But if you think about who's likely to be back, and let's assume that Calais Campbell and Marcel Darius um, are, gone. are gone from the offense. AJ's going to be gone AJ from the Boye, defense. I mean from the defense. AJ Boye gone from the defense. The If that happens... And let's even with okay, Yannick Ngakwe, if they keep him, mm-hmm. would be one of those guys who is emerging, has emerged as a leader. You like the example he sets in terms of his work ethic and yep. going at hundred percent and all that. He's a good player, but is he a leader? It, it seems like he would be, he, but he's. St- I think I think at the end of the year he started to develop into that. Uh, he's the, not. Here's, here's my point. We don't know. Yeah, because there's some guys that talk, but nobody listens to him. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not saying Yannick's not that. Leonard Fournette, he's a leader now. Is he? Is he a leader? Because he probably could have played week six, that last game. He probably could have played that last game. That's leadership to me. That's yeah. what I'll respect. Yeah. Not somebody, guy that, you know, uh, um, that's a whole, probably a whole nother podcast. But that's what we don't understand being on the outside and we don't see. There are people that say all the thing, right things and they'll tweet and they'll give you quotes. And you're like, oh, that guy is a leader. But then he did, just decided not to play for week 17 and, and uh, because probably didn't want to get hurt and spend the offseason in, in, in uh, treatment. Yeah. I'm just throwing out there. Man. I'm not saying that's the case, yeah. but I just don't know. Puzlozny, yeah, probably. Yeah. You know, probably. Sure. But do you see any of those guys out there? Again, aside from Calais, and again, I think Jan, yeah. I think Jan has – if Jan's uh, uh, contract situation was a little more stable, I think we would have seen more of that out of him because I – He's just, I will say, he's a guy who almost always comes across as just dead fire serious. Like, yep. th- so and dead fire serious about, about not liking our organization. Well, about everything, right? About, about everything rushing the passer, about becoming a great player, about having spent four years here and learned a lot about the organization uh-huh. and business is business. Yeah. Um, Which is crazy. So there's a lot to, to, to get into. Uh, here is my New Year's resolution for this podcast. I'm going to try to be aware of being negative, but not at the risk of being realistic. Right. Uh, if, if, and there are, again, maybe it's a vocal minority, perhaps, of people who listen to this podcast who think that I've been too negative. If you want to give me some things to be positive about, and I just don't... Listen, we've trumpeted Minshew and Josh sure. Allen and Chark and Fournette. Those are all positive things. But if you want to give me some high-level topics that are positive that I should be talking about, that we should be talking about, 
feel free to tweet me at Cole Pepper. Send me the send and 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 we'll, and we'll we'll consider those and put them in in the off season as topics for the podcast. Uh, we have a lot to get to though in the off season. We'll break down the offense and the defense. We'll yep. talk about the quarterback situation. We'll talk about Yannick Ngakwe's contract situation. Then we've are you going to be at the combine again this year? I will. We should we should talk about. Doug Marone's coaching changes because yes. doesn't there have to be some? Well, again, and here's the news on that. What is the news on uh, that? The coaches are gone and will be back on January the 13th. They're being evaluated. There's got to be there's some. evaluation. There some change. There's evaluation that's going on here. You would think that at some point, it doesn't appear that the change has been mandated, or if it has, Doug Marone has decided to withhold that uh, from either the coaches or the media or both. So we'll see what happens going forward there. Uh, this is going to be a very active offseason for the Jaguars. This is an offseason of change, despite the fact that there hasn't been that much change with his organization. Um, franchise tags coming up in, you know, time coming up in March. We've got free agency. What's going to happen with Nick Foles? We've got a lot to cover mm. here in the future. So uh, please, if you haven't already, subscribe to Teal the Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or Google Play. And as always, you can find Teal the Podcast under the Sports tab on NewsForJax.com. Mark, Happy New Year. Happy New Year, Cole. Thanks to you for listening, and Happy New Year from us here at Teal the Podcast.